1: The thirty-something movie podcast, thirty years in the making, bringing you the best movies of '91 this year. Well, not all of them are the best. I mean, some of them are. We we got a few here and there that are small duds, maybe. But we have fun have talk. We, we have fun talking about them. Yeah, what are what are the clinkers we've had so far? Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm trying to think about for this year. What have they been? Yeah, maybe one. Um, uh, we were not huge fans of, we weren't huge fans of career opportunities. Yeah, but we kind of were.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I mean.
0: had it's redeeming qualities. It, that, oh, God, this yeah, is going to be another one we're going to bust up for 10 minutes.
1: Yes, it had two redeeming qualities. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So there was that one, but yes,
2: as film, as the, the film paper would say, not so much. Right. We,
0: we weren't as big of fans. And and I know that some are Patreon folks. I know Padraig in Ireland, uh, I hope he's doing well by the way. And, but I know he liked the one with Michael J. Fox where he was like the, yeah, the hard way movie the hard way. Yeah. I don't know. Did we run rough shot on that or were we just not fans?
1: I think we, uh, I think we said that it had some good qualities. I, I think I said, I know that I said, I'm just not a huge fan of James Woods.
0: Right. I remember that. Yeah. That's probably my
1: biggest issue with that movie. Otherwise the rest of it, I think was, was, you know, it was kind of a fun movie. Well, yeah. Not one I necessarily revisit, but. um, Michael J. Fox is just, I mean, for me, like I, I love watching that guy in action. Yeah. Um, um we, we weren't, uh, I, I know that you weren't a big fan of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of it either. Right. Right. Jeff says we got too serious with that one. Really?
0: I was talking to Jeff, Jeff, if I've got it right. Okay. If I've got it right, Jeff, call the love line or text or let us know next time you're on, you know, whatever. But I think he's like, wow. Or not, maybe not that we took it too seriously. Maybe he was like, wow, you guys really went deep dive on that one.
1: Okay. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. It, 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 it needs its own film school essay, right? Yeah. Yeah. We probably were. We probably too got too serious. Why so serious? Why so serious? You want to know how I got these scars? Uh, it was from watching career opportunities. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, no, I'm not talking about that one anymore. That's wow. gonna, That's going to cause problems going to cause problems and i'm not I'm not doing it I'm not don't want to make waves nope
0: nope.
2: Waves.
1: nope 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 um so anyway i uh, we've, we've we've kind of started off on a little tangent here which is you know we started on a tangent we who us we, we live no. basically we live in the tangents we oh. are the tangent we are the tangents Ooh, i am that's the law. deep right there. i am the law i am the law <laughs> i can't wait to <laughs> My, my, i am, I am
0: the, my, dad, uh, my dad my dad my uh, dad shoots me a text says yeah so i was looking for a movie the other night and i found dread i thought it was judge dread with sliced alone <laughs> but it wasn't it was dread wow that thing's really bloody i think i kind of liked it though and then i forget who's the guy uh, dr mccoy the yeah, guy that was carl, the head of the rover carl, urban. carl, carl urban, urban yeah he's like yeah carl urban he's like i like sliced alone a lot but man Carl Urban, that's a pretty intense dread. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And we were talking all about it and you know, we were talking about there's benefits of each. I mean, I like Slice oh, yeah. Stallone's and I like Carl, they're, you know, the whole thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, we were talking all about it. They <laughs> get a text later. Like the next day we were talking about it later that night, I get a text. Yeah, I watched it again. And then a second time again, he's like, that's just a fun movie. I'm like, all right, way to go, dad.
1: I think to get it Cause I used to read the judge dread comics when I lived in England yeah. and it's the comics are they jump back and forth from being like hyper violent and, and then sometimes very goofy. Mm-hmm. And so I think to get the true flavor of the judge dread character, I think you need to watch both of those movies back to back. Right. Cause okay. then you'll get it. It's, it's, it's two sides of the same character.
0: Yeah. So. And, and, and they're fun movies. I oh, mean, I, like I love both of them. Yeah. And Sly Stallone, I mean, his thing, I mean, that's, he's doing his thing. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just fun watching him do his thing with that. It's, yeah. it's just good time. Um, but yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, did you announce we for a spoilers podcast? Cause I want to say my favorite part of the movie.
1: Hold on. We're a spoilers podcast. Go ahead.
0: Don't tune in now. Cause I'm going to talk about dread with Carl Urban, And, um, but the, the best part is when he comes walking out after that whole big, th- Bo, you've seen it, right? <laughs> A long time ago, yeah. Oh, man, see, I mean, I'm going to ruin it you know. for Bo. No, no, okay. no, no. No, you well, won't. Well, anyways, he comes walking out, and the, and the the judge walks up and says, so, w- you know, what happened here? And this is after everything has just been blown to pieces mm-hmm. and everything, and what he said, what he, he's like, drug bust. And she says, well, it looks like you've been through it. Perhaps we're uncooperative. <laughs> I mean, that's all he says after the whole thing. I'm like, yeah. dang, that is awesome. <laughs> like, I'm like... Uh, that's how i'm gonna like whenever there's been a day that's been a that's how i'm gonna describe it how was your school year pat mm.
1: okay taught kids how were how the kids <laughs> perps <cooperative>. were uncooperative
0: perps were uncooperative that's right looks like it's been a long year <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kids were uncooperative mm-hmm. god bless it all i just both what, of those what, movies are what fun ha-
1: what happened here eighth period band <laughs> <laughs> that's perps one uncooperative. Perps uncooperative. Now what's funny is when I when I told you uh when you were asking yeah who's the guy and it's Carl Urban. I almost said Keith Urban. That's a very different movie. That's a different. Yeah. Keith yeah, Urban yeah. I, a musical. I, I think it could be fun. Yeah. Ugh. Carl I Urban. No, okay. Carl Urban. Mhm man he's
0: just been in all sorts of good fun stuff oh yeah
2: he really has he's got quite the interesting career do
0: you guys watch the boys that's no that's the superhero run amok kind of thing right
1: superhero run amok thing super super especially season two super violent Mm -hmm. um so -hmm. your significant others may not care for it uh i know sharon and i watched the first season and then as the first season ended she's like okay that was a thing that we watched um, and then the second season came out and I, I thought, well, I'll watch the first episode without her. I was like halfway through the first episode of season two. I was like, I will watch all of season two without her. Yep. And she will be grateful, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, our, our episode tonight is going to be on toy soldiers. But before we get into that, uh, before we get into our movie that we're here for, there was something that I completely forgot to bring up when we were doing our JFK episode last time so i wanted to bring it up because i I didn't know if you gentlemen knew of this and i i meant to talk about it for a minute um when we were talking all of our jfk stuff i had made some little notes because I i i did not know this um and i was discovering it for the first time do you know all the stuff about woody harrelson's dad uh, I nope. confess that I don't. No. Okay. Um, and apparently, I was told by the Shirley podcast guys because I was talking about this with them, and uh, they had mentioned there's a really good podcast series. It's only available, I think the first episode is available wherever. The rest of the season of the podcast is available only on Spotify. So if you want to look for okay. it, it's called Son of a Hitman. And apparently, Woody Harrelson's dad oh, was a hitman. Wait, I have her. Okay, keep going. Yeah, this is like uh,
2: triggering my brain. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, Woody Harrelson's dad. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up my notes from our uh, from yes, our JFK episode. I it's, do remember a little bit. It, it's crazy. Like the more I was reading into it, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so here's yeah here's the notes. I think I pulled this either from IMDb or somewhere else. Um, actor Woody Harrelson's father, Charles Harrelson, was a hitman convicted of murder on three separate occasions. On the third occasion, he admitted to the murder of federal judge John H. Wood Jr. and also admitted to having played a part in the assassination of JFK. And a witness claimed he had drawn maps of the location in Dallas from which he fired his weapon. The FBI discounted his claims. However, Jim Mars claims in 1989's Crossfire that Charles Harrison is the youngest of the three tramps, questioned and released by police on the day of the assassination. Forensic artist Lois Gibson has conducted photographic analysis and has concluded the youngest and tallest tramp is Charles Harrison. So apparently Woody Harrelson's dad was a hitman for the mob or, or for somebody and like actually killed people and went to prison for killing people, including a judge. And there were implications that he was involved in. If the assassination of JFK was a plot, um, that he was involved and and potentially fired one of the shots in the JFK assassination. Yeah, and I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. That's crazy. Now here's the other weird thing. And I tried to look up and see if there was a connection. Apparently there is not a connection, but I'm having a hard time believing that there's not. Um, is that uh, Woody Harrelson's mom? Her last name is Oswald. Hmm. Like her, her her maiden name, I believe, was Oswald. Jeez, I was like, "Whoa, okay, hold, that's hold, hold on!" Nutty. <laughs> I'm like, "Hold on now." You're you're telling me that the dad is potentially, if, if there's some kind of a conspiracy, the dad is potentially implicated in the JFK assassination, assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. And you're telling me that his mother has the last name Oswald and there's no connection there.
2: No, none at all. What are we, what yeah. you talking about?
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, well, anyway, eight, eight, eight more years. We'll be able to find out, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fascinating. But that was crazy. So it's uh the, the podcast is called son of a Hitman. I I've added it to my list, but I have not, um, I have not listened to it yet, but I'm like, okay, that's going to be one of those that, um, yeah, his mom's name is Diane Lou Oswald. Hmm. Like you, that's you, freaking weird, like man. You cannot, you cannot tell me there's not some kind of a connection there, but I've tried Googling a whole bunch of stuff and I, I can't seem to find anything. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's like when people do the whole thing of, did you know that JFK's, uh, secretary's name was Lincoln and Lincoln's secretary's last name was Kennedy and like that whole kind of thing yeah right, right. yeah so anyway i, I completely wow. forgot to bring that up and is the moment we finished the moment we hang up from our call on the jfk episode we did i'm like ah, woody harrelson didn't even talk about him <laughs> yeah you know which i often use that as an exclamation like when i stub my toe i'm like woody harrelson mm-hmm. i don't know why but anyway so, yeah, I just I figured I'd bring that up. I didn't know if you gentlemen knew about that, if you were aware.
0: I, I, did, I did not. I, I was not aware.
1: Okay. That's. Uh, all right. Wow. Well, feel free to follow that rabbit hole down the Internet somewhere. I. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, all kinds of crazy. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, that is uh, that. That was a JFK episode. We are here tonight <laughs> for Toy Soldiers. Tonight mm-hmm. tomorrow. Whatever day it is, whenever you're listening to this. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here for Toy Soldiers from nineteen ninety-one. Uh not very, very quickly, soldiers. Not, not small soldiers, very different movie. Different movie. Very different movie. Uh so very, very quickly, I already mentioned before we are a spoiler podcast, so just be warned. Uh, we are also sponsored as part of the scene Steelers podcast network. Um, we are sponsored by scene Steelers international convention agent who has a top class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your comic con or event for more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. Um, and if you are a celebrity who's listening to this while you're mowing your lawn and you want to be a part of that so that you can be booked at conventions and uh, other events like that I would head over to their website and you can reach out to them and and uh, become uh, one of the uh, they they can represent you and and get you into these shows so uh, 30podcast.com where you can rate leave a voicemail and become a co-executive or producer via patreon we've got some great patreon episodes that we've already come out with we've got some other ones that are on their way um, so yeah, there's going to be all kinds of great stuff there. And, uh, I'm thinking of if, if things ever slow down this summer at all, um, I'm also thinking of just throwing in some like unscheduled episodes in there as well, just as kind of a thank you for our Patreon folks. So may That'd see some, awesome. may see some extra things coming around this summer on the Patreon feed. So,
0: well, that deserves it. And again, just a yeah, like you said, John, just a huge thank you to all those folks that, uh, support us. Cause that's <laughs>
1: That's pretty special. So. We are always, always appreciative of that. You know, we've we've said every time that we do this because we have fun with it, and so we are always inviting people to come have fun with us. And uh, just just the fact that um, some of you that are uh, having fun here with us have deemed us worthy of uh, being sent a, a little bit of money just to kind of help keep the lights on and everything else is we're just we're really appreciative of that. So we're just we're glad. We're glad you're enjoying it. We hope that you continue to enjoy it and that we continue to make this show great for all of you. All right. Um, let's see. I think if there's anything else that we need to talk about or anything else we need to bring up before toy soldiers. Oh, here real quick, completely unrelated to, uh, to this week's movie. Um, I went to go see a movie in a movie theater.
0: Oh,
1: it was, it was one of was cool. one of the first times, actually, I think it was one of the first times since, uh, Bo, I think it's when we went to go see, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. I took actually lately. No, I, I take that back. Um, as, as part of a celebration of my son's, uh, eighth grade promotion, I did take him to see a quiet place too. Mm-hmm. So we did do that. But then, I, and this is my, this is my stress reliever that I haven't been able to take advantage of for the last 15 months. Um, mm-hmm. I took a day off work last week and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm taking a day off. I'm gonna go see a movie. And so cool. nice. the the selection of movies that were available was not outstanding. Um, I, I've heard that. There's a lot of me- mediocre. I already saw a Quiet Place too, and it was excellent. Um, rest of the stuff that's out is a little, little either mediocre or just not something I was interested in seeing in the theater. So, um, so I did go see uh, The Conjuring. Mm. It the, the Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. It was all right. All right. So, you know, I got to go to the movie theater. I got to have some popcorn. I was happy. Okay. But, All right. Yeah, well, good. Uh, kids were put in danger, and it's a horror movie, Pat. So,
0: yeah, probably would, not
1: my thing. It would, it would not be your speed. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do see that Black Widow is coming out in just a few weeks. So, I, I am excited for that one, and we'll yeah definitely want to go see that in the theater. So, that's very cool yeah kind of nice to kinda nice to be getting back to doing some of those things that we haven't been able to do in almost a year and a half yeah it seems
0: like that stuff's gonna fire up pretty quick personally
1: yeah. thinking you know i think that's mm-hmm.
0: you know yeah that'll be that'll be cool yeah
1: all right toy soldiers came out on the 26th of april 1991 it was rated r with a runtime of one hour and 51 minutes daniel Petrie jr directed this one he also directed in the army now and dawn patrol producers were jack e friedman uh, patricia Herskovic, and wayne s williams friedman also produced body parts and rolling vengeance Hurskovic did body parts and deadly blessing williams did mother's boys and bad boy a lot of boys there so, uh, writer for this one was William P. Kennedy, who did the novel, and died in twenty twenty. Daniel Petrie Jr. the director also did the screenplay, and then David Kep also did the screenplay. Um, Kennedy, uh, Toy Soldiers is the only movie that was made of their work, and then um, let's see, Kep also did Jurassic Park and Spider Man. Cinematography was done by Thomas Burston, who also did the TV two great TV series, Hell on Wheels and Snowpiercer really 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 i mean we went through snowpiercer really fast and then it seems like this latest season went really fast and we really enjoy that show so now we are really not wanting to have to wait for it to come back but <laughs> we'll be patient it's fine uh, music was done by robert folk who did the music for ace ventura when nature calls and the never-ending story 2 uh a hot tip here don't go even if you really want to see even if you're um whatever I would have been 14 years old. And you really want to go see Ace Ventura when nature calls, don't go see that movie with your mother. No. Yeah. Personal, uh, personal experience, hot tip for you here. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not good. No. It, I mean, it's, it's a not, not a good situation is what I'm saying. Correct. Correct. It's it's not it's not ideal. Uh budget for this one was ten million, box office was fifteen point one million, flick metrics gives it a sixty percent, and cinema score gives it an A minus, starring Sean Aston, who played Billy Tepper, he was in The Goonies, Lord of the Rings, and Stranger Things. Will Wheaton was Joey Trotta, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation, The Big Bang Theory and Stand By Me. Keith Coogan, Played Jonathan Snuffy Bradbury. He was in Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Lots of babysitters. Uh, Andrew Diboff mm-hmm. played Luis Callie. He was an Air Force One and Wishmaster. Denholm Elliott, who died in 1992, was the headmaster of the school. Uh, he was in the Indiana Jones movies and Trading Places. Lou Gossett Jr. played Dean Parker. He was in Enemy Mine and an Officer and a Gentleman. R. Lee Ermey, who died in 2018, played General Kramer. He was in Full Metal Jacket and Seven. T.E. Russell played Hank Giles. He was in Trespass and Swimming with Sharks. And George Perez played Ricardo Montoya. He was in Tin Cup and Selena colombian terrorist lewis Cali, played by andrew divoff takes an american prep school hostage as a means of gaining his drug lord father's freedom Privileged yet rebellious students joey played by will wheaton billy played by sean astin snuffy played by keith coogan and hank played by t.e russell find that they are better equipped to deal with the threat than the mostly ineffectual government agencies sent to rescue them with resourceful billy as their leader the students struggle to defeat the terrorists and save the school
2: The Regis School for Boys, where the country's best families...
0: Hey, bring that
2: back here! ...send the world's worst students. If
0: you're going to kick me out, kick me
2: out. Let's make four prep schools in four years. You're trying for the Guinness Book of Records? But these boys... ...are in for a real shock.
0: If you do not produce my father unharmed, I will begin executing the hostages. I'm sure by now you have discovered who their parents are. Chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Vice Chairman of the Republican Party. What does your father do, William? A contractor. According to this, he owns the third largest construction company in the world.
2: Yeah, he's a contractor. My boys, many of them, they have a real problem with authority.
0: Look, are you with me or not? Of course we'll be with you. But if you get a shot, we're going to be po A assault force in a staging area five minutes away you have seen these orange wires these are wired to explosives the kid can get the other students out of the line of fire if any one of these wires is cut they will explode this kid has been kicked out of two schools three schools yeah no 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 no. that's a detonator he's got guts he's a leader
2: oh. billy says he can do it i gotta believe he can that's the signal all
0: right we're really gonna do this you bet
1: all right so for this one our our typical first question here is this the first time you've seen this movie and how does it make you feel
0: no one puts wesley crusher in the corner it's true
1: i do have uh, I, I did say before we started recording I, I do have a couple of sound bites in case we need to bring them in
0: shut up wesley shut up wesley
1: <laughs> okay so let me know if you if you need me to to use either of those for any of your comments or whatever just let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll tee that up for you.
0: Oh man. I, had you seen this before, Pat? I had seen this before. I think I saw it the year it came out. Okay. Um, I was probably, you know, like at a buddy's cause I'm, I'm trying to think of, okay, how old would I have been? Yeah. It would have probably been like eighth grade sleepover at a buddy's house, you know? Um, you know right when that whole like uh movies that i got to see at home slash movies that you know were on the screen at the buddy's house and all that kind of stuff were kind of diverging and um yeah i remember one of these you know we were all watching and and um yeah yeah it's the it's the first time it's that was the first time i saw it and i've I've picked it up a couple times uh throughout and it's just it's i don't know if you i'm sorry john i digress there with my my like rather unfunny no one puts wesley in the corner nod to uh you know um was it the one word or was it the first time seeing it i'm, uh, all, I'm either. all either yeah i'm all kerfluffed now that's all right. yeah I, uh, yeah, I I mean, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. And yeah, I, I saw it as a kid. So you're going to think it's fun. And then the more I watch it, it's kind of got the whole like when you go back and watch things as a kid, it's like, yeah, OK, okay this is this is this is, is kind of cheesy. Yeah, this is this is kind of che- no, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen either. That wouldn't happen either. Wow. Apache attack helicopters are really cool. No, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> You know, like that kind of thing.
1: Somehow, Pat reminiscing about watching this movie started to sound a little bit like Rain Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely that doesn't that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. That's a Apache that's a bit Apache are helicopter. Cool. Apache helicopter. Apache. Yeah.
0: Apache helicopters
1: are cool. Yeah, I, Judge I have, Judge Wapner, Apache helicopter. I'm an excellent helicopter pilot.
0: I I have to say that I think that that gun maybe would have torn that guy up a little bit more than what they showed in the movie, but you know, that's okay. Just a bit. It's just a movie. This was, I think one of the first movies also, and I'm stepping all over your guys's responses, but was it, was it, uh, watching Die Hard? Was it Jeff that said that was the first time he had seen a movie where you actually see bullets going into a person or was that one of you guys? Oh, it was definitely not me. Okay. Je- I, I think, I if I Jeff, remember yeah. right, that was one of the first ones where Jeff remembers seeing it. And it was like, all right. It's like, oh my gosh, like bullets are actually, you see them like, you know, hitting skin and movie gore and all that. And I think that was this movie, mm. right? Like, I, I, I think sure. this is one of the first where I remember seeing like, oh, wow, they're, they're showing like, you know, that with the whole baseball bat hitting the, you know, well, sack of potatoes, sound effect, doop, 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 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? and, All that kind
1: of deal. Spoiler alert, skipping ahead to the end uh, when they do shoot the main villain in the head. Yeah. I was like, there was a moment where, and this will go with some of my other comments later, but there was a moment where just before he gets shot in the head, I'm I'm seeing like the quick shot of when the, the, the hole explodes in his head and the blood comes gushing out and he looks like, I mean, you can tell that he's got a prosthetic on his head because he suddenly looks more like Ron Perlman and he's got kind of like the caveman forehead. (laughs) yeah it's like that yeah. guy's brow was not that pronounced earlier in the movie you yeah. yeah clearly yeah. tell there's some prosthetics there yeah
0: all right well i'll get out of the way so we you know you guys can answer it and we could get but i i have fun watching this movie and no i i saw it 30 years ago when it okay you know when it was first out nice well what about you have
1: you seen this one before first time for me okay um I,
2: I made the joking reference to small soldiers earlier mm-hmm. until I turned the movie on. <laughs> I thought that's what I was going to see. Oh, no! Um, because I hadn't really done much research on it. I was, I tend to try to watch the movies, especially the ones I've never seen before. I sort of try to go in a little blind on purpose. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Um. Because for me, it gives me that first reaction, you know, and then I'll do some research afterwards and and look up some stuff. Um, So, yeah, I hadn't uh, hadn't seen this one.
1: Admittedly, when I first made the list for this year, I thought it was Small Soldiers. And then I was like, 91 is too early for that movie. It's this has got to be something different. And then I looked it up. I was like, yeah, no, I totally would have spent the entire time thinking this was a very different movie.
0: So Bo, what was your, what was your reaction to watching this? Um, it took a little while for me to get into it and for it
2: to get going. Um, I actually had a, what I, what I term a false start. I started watching it and I was like, I am, something isn't right. I'm either not in the right headspace for this or, or something. And so I put it down. I went about my business for a few days and I came back to it and I'm glad I did. So I was in a much better frame of mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I enjoyed the silliness of it. Like you said, that wouldn't happen that way, but you're right. Helicopters are cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, they you know, are. Arlie Ermy is fun as yeah. a general or, you know, as whatever rank he was, doesn't matter. Um, you know, it was.
0: <laughs> Louis Scott <laughs> you know, Jr. is Louis Gatza Jr. I
2: mean, right. You know, and it's, it's that, you know that reverse heist movie, you know, and it, it was just fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of crazy stuff that doesn't really make any sense, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> um, a fun group of guys. I do wish, you know, I, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, Will Wheaton's in this movie, but he's not really in this
0: movie. Um, I just I wish could, a lot of those guys' pants were more in the movie. That's well, the one, right. <laughs> As a kid, I remember kind of bumping on that, like, you know. Well, you know, when you're away at boarding school, Pat. I'm just saying, man, like I was, I was, I was, (laughs) I was at a sleepover when I first saw this movie. And it was just like, man, I'm, uh, man, we're all sitting here watching it. We're all dudes watching this movie, but I've got, you know, (laughs) I've got underwear, but then I also have pants and maybe like, yeah, like, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wesley and his crusher.
0: (laughs) Shut up, Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll get out of the way again, but I'm just curious, like, see, I have the nostalgia factor and it'll be interesting to see as we go through like the different take on it based on whether you have or have not the nostalgia factor.
1: Uh, I did not have the nostalgia factor. Um, I had not seen this movie at all. This was the first time watching it. Um, so yeah, so I was coming at this from the perspective of an adult and I think that I think I probably would have really enjoyed this movie had I seen it as a preteen or teenager Mm -hmm. and I had fun with this movie, but the kind of fun I had with this movie was because as it started off, I was like, okay, all right. I mean, this basically is starting to feel like a, just with the cast, I don't know, maybe it was just Will Wheaton, but with the cast, it was like, I don't know, something has given me like a lean on me kind of vibe here, but that's not what this movie is going to be. It's like lean on me and die hard. Is that what we're going for here? And then as the movie kept going, I, here's, here's my one word for this. And I, I'm going to see, I might have a little bit of music to play here to go with my one word, but let's, uh, let's see what we got. Now that would be an ad. So that's not, that's not music. Um, okay. Yes. Here is the, here's the music that goes with my one word for this. Okay, anyway, I'm, i am i got to stop that because I'm just going to want to listen to that all night. Um, yeah, no kidding. My one word is... I'm going to make my one word a short phrase. This is a canon film. Yeah. Oh. oh. Like, if canon wasn't defunct by 1991, I would have totally seen this as being a movie that was in the canon library of films. It's just something about the because the can and we, we, we talked a lot about the Canon films, you know, all the way up until was it 87 was mm-hmm. one of the last 87, 88, uh, 89, I think might've been one of the last years. Cause I think that was Superman four, um, the quest for more money. Uh, I think some of the aspects of the Canon films are, they were able to rope actors that they shouldn't have been able to get for some of their mm-hmm. movies. Um, and just the like the acting and the action and the story and the music and it, there's just so many things about this movie that just to me scream this should have been a canon film, mm-hmm. you know. And I the one in particular the I'm thinking about the music from Delta Force. There were yeah. so many times I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll jump right in here and and this will be this will be my major criticism of this movie. I had fun watching it. Um, by no means is it a great movie. It was a fun movie. Uh, my one main criticism of this is the music started driving me nuts. Mm, Too much
2: of it. The music
1: was too overbearing. Okay. Like in the emotional moments, the music, I don't know whether it was just the, the, the mix, the sound mix, the music was too loud. And I felt like, and I think I've said this for a couple of other movies we've talked about over the years. I felt like the music was trying to force me into an emotion. And I think the, the music in a movie should complement the emotions that are going on on screen. And I felt like in this movie that the music was trying to tell me, you should be sad. Now mm-hmm. you should be excited. Now i like that. That's not to me. That's not what the music in a movie, what the soundtrack of a movie is supposed to do, that it should complement the visuals I'm seeing, not try to force it down my throat. That's my one main criticism of this movie. Otherwise I thought it was fun. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. whole, the whole premise of this is one that on its surface, should just be like a fun action movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of tension, fun action movie, but you know, kids kids at a boarding school and it's got that kind of that perfect canon film or action film setup is just so happens that whoever created this school never understood the idea of of the um uh what do they call the designated survivor? Let's cram all of the like really powerful people's kids in one building.
2: Mhm.
1: Let's let's do Great that. Good idea. Yeah. I Man. Great idea! It's, um, it's, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Um, the beaches are open. It's Easter. It's Easter. Fourth of
0: July.
2: Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Yeah, my so. joke fell flat. No no, <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no, no. That did not fall flat. Especially if you've lived through 2021 and uh-huh. or 2020, and
1: no. But uh, no, I mean, so, so like the the premise of this movie is is great. And it's just, it's a fun premise because it's kind of like, I joke sometimes about Home Alone being die hard for kids. This one is actually die hard for kids. This one's like yeah. die hard mm-hmm. for teenagers because you've got some of those extra elements. You've got the the rejects that they call themselves. Um, and the US military can't solve the problem, but they can. They're on the inside. They've kind of mm-hmm. already got the plan figured out to switch out the uh, explosives, the chip and the explosives, they're going through air events. They're trying to come up with ways of sabotaging the guards so they can get their weapons. And you know, it, it really is whether it execute it definitely in my mind, it definitely does not execute as well as die hard. Um, but if you were looking for die hard for teenagers, that would be this movie.
0: Yeah. And, and I, your point of being a, a Canon film esque kind of thing, I think is, is well taken. It, it really has that feel to it. I mean, the bad guys are all bumbling you know what I'm saying? Um, there's a lot. Yeah. And, uh, if you, you touch know, this, they explode. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well the first, and that was the second time he doubles down on it. Yeah. If you, if you, if it was like, if you touch the wires, they explode. And then if you try to unplug the wires, it explodes or something. But the second time he says it, it explodes, yeah. ah, you know, and you know, you just have like that, the, the right hand man, the one that, met his end with the uh, Apache helicopter, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you're, you're programmed to to make that a cathartic moment because that guy, that guy is just, he's, he's just the number one jerk. Right. You know, you got all those things. I mean, you know, the fact that Wesley Crusher runs out and gets gunned down and all that kind of thing, which, you know, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought it was funny that they're like, I want you to be clear. This was an, you know, cause they're worried that then, you know, his mm-hmm. father, who's the crime boss is going to retaliate against his father and so on and so forth. If you notice, he walks back inside and leaves his the leaves the body with his friends all holding him and sad and everything, as well as the gun sitting right next to him. Like, like everyone walked away and left the gun for the, like anyone could have picked that up and, continued the mayhem um you know so just little things like that i mean you know setting up the 50 caliber machine gun in the clock tower and then like the police car it's just like we're gonna drive straight in hey guys get down and duck down in the back seat and so that they open up with the 50 caliber (laughs) and then it's got like the a team like the hood pops up and everything and then just to really make a point They're going to shoot it with the anti, with the, with the rocket. What was it? The anti-tank rocket. It was the Uh laws rocket or something. So they shoot the thing with the rocket just to really make a point. Just in case you you were wondering. I gotta say, I
1: I think all, I think all three of us listen to the uh, greatest generation. Oh yeah. Podcast. Yeah. So anybody else who's listened to that's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little embarrassed to have a Star Trek (laughs) podcast. Um, and one of the things, one of the little bits they do on their show is at the end of every episode, they look for a character they call a drunk Shimoda. Mm-hmm. And the basic idea is like this. Uh, correct me In if I'm wrong of, on this. Uh, Chief Engineer Jim Shimoda. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Jim Shimoda. Um, and you guys, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the the premise behind that is they're trying to pick out the character who is either having the most fun in that episode or is just the, like the most blindly over the top. I feel like like over the top blindly just charging into either charging into things or just like careless or carefree, however you want to say it. I had a complete moment watching this movie where there was a a particular scene in the movie and I laughed out loud, not because of the movie, but because I was like, no, I found my drunk Shimoda's yeah <laughs> it was when the special forces guys were charging into the school and there yeah. were a couple of scenes where as the guys were charging you know they had all the they had all the uh, <laughs> face paint and they had all the black outfits on these guys were like sliding into their positions yeah one like <laughs> yeah. slid into position one yeah. dove a little bit earlier than he should have and it kind of landed awkwardly on the ground and like yeah. i don't even know if he was smiling when he dove but I, it just yeah. was like these are the worst special ops guys i've ever seen yeah. Like they're like, yeah. they're all, almost like it's there. They're having too much fun invading this school. That's been taken hostage. Yeah. I, I I'm just going to say,
0: yeah. And, and when I was watching it now too, I, please correct me if I'm wrong. And obviously folks, if I'm wrong, please uh, attach the correction letter to a um, hundred dollar bill and mail to 30 podcast at anyways, I don't believe the U S military can, um, uh, uh, run operations on U.S. soil. So yeah, I, but they could have been National Guard. I well, I see. I I. But does now does the National Guard have hostage rescue? Like, wouldn't it be the FBI's hostage rescue team, or wouldn't it be police SWAT? You know, and and I know I'm I'm. I think I'm kind of missing the point of the movie. But you know, that was kind of the stuff I started to bump on. Was like, okay, I I don't know if this would, you know, I don't know if this would go down this
1: way. You're probably right. Maybe this school is is kind of like the Vatican. It's it it's it's be. its own like little sovereign land. Yeah, well, there you go.
0: You know? And even the whole school, I was kind of like, is this? Is it just kids that are the sons of elite, wealthy government? You know, captains of industry and government officials and everything. Or is it that they're like the the bad apples. Right. Or is it both And that, that I'm, I'm watching it this time, I guess they're, they're trying to make a case for it's the both of them. Right. No. Yeah. I think um, it's both, both categories.
1: That was another but, thing where there were a couple of instances in this movie where I kind of, and I was okay with it. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to watch this movie for what it is. So I'm not going to take it too seriously. But there were a couple of things I was like, I, I kind of wish they would have done a little bit less focus here and given me more over here Mm -hmm. and one of those things Mm -hmm. was if this whole school is for the kids that get kicked out of other schools because they have problems with authority i don't want the kids any of the kids whether it's the main characters or not i don't know if the kids should be as compliant as they are like i almost want to see more problems happening within the school Like that adds adds to the tension of these kids being hostages, but the military is going to have to deal with ah, great. So we've got a bunch of kids who can't control themselves are also hostages. We need them to just stay calm, but the kids are not going to stay calm because you know, that's, that's what they do is they get in trouble.
2: Right. Yeah. Like I'm never one to advocate for a movie being longer, but (laughs) I think they needed to flesh some more of that out. It's, you know, I hate to say it like this because it was a kid getting shot, but you don't even really have a chance to know the Will Wheaton character enough to care that he got shot. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't go deep enough into some of the kids and, you know, you almost needed to like, yeah, kid got shot. That was sad and all that. Like, don't get me wrong. But like, you know, you know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't make you.
1: The, the main characters are not distinct. They don't distinct, make you love him, well, for lack of a di- better term. You know, they're not distinct enough from each other.
2: There you go. That's a good way to look at yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Well, and it's also like, you know, I I was trying to wrap my head around it. Like, okay, was he in there? Just so you are his Well, and I guess that that had to link up to why the father that was cutting the deal with the other, you know, like that's, that's how that had to come down so that, you know, that the, the, the drug, the so that the mafia boss went after the drug dealer's father in jail. Like, I mean, so I guess you had to have that in there, but you're exactly right. Like it's, it's very much a, you know, John mentioned like the Canon films thing. It's very much like a, a, a very, superficial action movie death where your gr- your grieving lasts the night and then the music like john said the music swells and we're right back into the action and we're still going to be hurrah at the end of the you know at yep. the end of the the show you know it, there really isn't that emotional the the movie isn't intended to show you those emotional after effects of that. You know, it was sad. That feels awful, but we're going to focus on the action and that's going to fire us up to really, you know, do these guys in, you know what I'm saying? I I mean, just exactly to your point, they don't go as in depth with that. Right. Maybe Bo, we should have this sort of like the, you know, the, the uh, MCU pattern of telling things with, um, miniseries. Maybe this should be like an eight part miniseries. There we go.
1: You know? So I, and I have a question here too, cause maybe I missed it. Um, and I, did we ever actually say what the whole reason they take the, the school hostages is that his, uh, his father is being held. He, his father is being held in an American prison and he wants him released. And so that's why he takes this school hostage. Cause he got information that all these kids of, you know, wealthy and powerful people are here. Um, so here's something that I, I think I might've missed at some point. Does he ever find out that his dad was killed in prison?
2: I don't think so. I think they keep it from him because they don't want him to freak out. And okay. then by then they've taken the school and. Okay. I think that's.
1: Okay. <laughs> Cause I felt like, I mean, that was, that was a thing where when that happened, I was like, oh man, when he finds out it's all heck is going to break loose here. And then it got to the end of the movie and I was like, was I distracted at some point? Did he not ever find out? Cause it felt like that was too important of a detail for him not to find out and not to, you know, he, he already showed several times that he could be a bit of a loose cannon and that his emotions are, are not always in check. Um, and I, I just kept thinking, Oh man, the moment this guy finds out he's going to be pushing that button and he's not going to care whether he goes up with the school or, or what. But then it got to the end of the movie. And I was like, I don't, think he ever found out his dad was dead you know i don't think so i i it was
0: kind of one of those uh, as you said that my gut reaction was oh no there, there was a scene where he found out because he was like upset okay oh, there might have been but, well but then as i was thinking i was about to say that like oh yeah w- well wait a minute did that just happen in my mind or did we just assume that because we saw it and i don't
1: The Mandela effect.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't really know. I don't really know if that happened. I do know that they originally, and I, I I just, I had forgotten about this since the last time I watched it, they did go to the school specifically because the one kid that they transferred out, his dad was supposed to be a judge or something that they they were going to kind of force the judge to let the guy go yes, or something like that. But then that's when that kid transferred out that that's why they like, oh, well we got these other kids, so we'll just make it like a hostage, a hostage type situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I had forgotten about that until I rewatched it this time. I was like, oh yeah, there was that, that one kid, but yeah. Yeah. I, okay that other point, like, yeah, that might've just
1: happened in my mind. Okay. All right. I was listening. Okay. So this is, this is tangent because this is what we do. Um, I was listening to another podcast either yesterday or today, and they were talking about, um, I think they were doing kind of like a little game on the uh, Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. If, if people don't know what the Mandela effect, you guys know what it is? Go, go through it just so, you know, our viewers and... Uh... The, uh, the belief that there could potentially be the proof for alternate universes, because some people have a belief that something happened in a completely different way than the historical evidence demonstrates. So for example, the, probably the most famous one, or the reason it's named that way is that there are swaths of people that are completely convinced that they recall news articles and news stories about Nelson Mandela dying in prison in South Africa. Yeah. And so that's where it's named from, but probably the more famous one is the Berenstein bears and how it's spelled Berenstain bears. But everyone is, or a lot of people are convinced that it's always been S T E I N.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so p- some people, whether jokingly or whether they're taking it seriously, they're like, well, then there must've been like something changed. Somebody changed reality or somebody messed with an alternate reality. And, and I'm living well, in the wrong know, the reality. You What's know? well, the matrix, right? When you see the cat walk past you twice. Exactly. Um, the one, okay, so here's where I was going with this tangent, and it made me think of when when Pat was like, did I just imagine that in my head? The one that they did, and it shocked me because I was like, oh, no, yeah, totally. Uh, the movie Moonraker. Okay. Okay. The girl that Jaws gets introduced to that kind of becomes his girlfriend. Question for you. Uh, her name is Dolly gets introduced to him in the movie. Does she have braces?
2: In my head, it's yes, which probably means it's wrong.
0: I, honest to goodness, don't remember.
2: Because in my head, all I remember thinking is, ha, 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 they're perfect for
1: each other. That was my exact same reaction. Was of course she does because she smiles at him, and then he smiles at her with his metal teeth and thinking verbatim what you just said. Ha ha ha! They're perfect for each other, and apparently the correct answer is no. She doesn't have braces, and I was like, "There we go." No, you're uh, no. you eat pieces of for breakfast? No. <laughs> I said, "This is no. That's not true." So then I did a Google image search. And it popped up and no, she does not have braces. And that was the moment that I was like, nope, this is an alternate reality. I've been kidnapped. Something's gone wrong because I was completely convinced that she did. So I don't know. I don't know how that applies to the scene. uh, And maybe there was a scene and then maybe reality shifted. Thanos snapped his fingers. I don't know. Either that or we all kind of like, what's that? Head cannon. Yeah.
0: You had candidate. You, mm-hmm. you, you see what you expect to see. It's how it's, yeah. it's how you can hide things in observation bias. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You know, the, 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 little thing where you, you put the, the thing up and you have the people walking around the room and you say, count the number of people in the room. And then you're kind of kind of count the people in the room. And did you see the guy in the gorilla suit walk by? Uh-huh. And it's, just, I know that sounds really random to all our viewers out there. Um, but there's this, this video, you can find it. And it's the test of, you know, do you see what you are expecting to see? Or do you notice the things you don't expect to see? And, and so many times people will just see what they expect to see.
1: Pat, any listener who's been with us for more than two episodes is not going to be bothered by anything random. Okay. That's, that's good. It's they're that's gonna, good. They're going to, they're going to be totally fine with that. Um, <clears throat> speaking of headcanon, the guy getting shot in the head. Yeah, man, that was a, that was a pretty dramatic gunshot. Yeah. With the, with the fake blood and the everything. And I was like, whoa, that's, um, that was a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're you're just made like they're, they're,
0: they're going to give these guys like as gruesome deaths as possible because oh, it's yeah. got to be
1: cathartic. It's got to be. Yeah. Got him. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to say before we get into our three questions? Is there anything else we want to say about toy soldiers? Um, I, I really thought Sean Astin did a great job. Yeah. yeah. They
2: gave him a they gave him what none of the other kids got. In my opinion, they gave him something to chew on. Like he had things to do Mm -hmm. and I get it. It was supposed to be kind of a redemption story for his character, but I feel like in the, I I called it a reverse heist movie earlier. Um, In, in the theme of heist movie, maybe other people could have done some of the things he did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they could have spread the wealth a little bit. Mm-hmm. and that would have given us some more insight into the other boys
1: yeah yeah because he you was the, of the boys he was the one and i said it earlier the other characters there was no distinction between them he was the one character that was distinct from the others and so you know the rest the rest for me just kind of blended into the background
2: yeah will wheaton got shot that
0: made right. them stand out but the character itself was me yeah yeah, I, yeah. and and i i I see this movie from a kid perspective. Cause that's where I saw it as mm-hmm. a kid, yeah. you know? So I'm looking at these <clears throat> folks and, and you know, they're just a few years older than I was at the time. So it's just like, dude, they're like, stand. it's, it's kids standing up, taking care of business, you know? And so, and I, I like, and I'm watching it this time. Yeah. There's plenty of cheesy parts in the movie, but like, other than them all standing around in their underwear, um, I really felt that like his, you know, kind of like don't give a hoot about what you're trying to tell me to do chip on his shoulder, standing up to authority, his responses to Louis Gossett jr. When he's like, knocks on the door, you have 10 seconds to hand over the, you know, the mouthwash and all that. And he's just like, look, I, I'll get it for you. Okay. Just stop making me look like a, what do he say? Stop making me look like a narc. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And, and I was like, you know what? That's like, I'm kind of buying it. I'm buying his performance in this. He doesn't look like he's phoning it in. He doesn't look like, you know, it's not like he's going over the top for what this movie's supposed to be. I mean, and even the scenes where he's sitting there, like upset that he lost his best friend, like the audience doesn't necessarily share in it. Cause like Bo said, we're not given the chance before or after to really, grieve or mourn or all that kind of stuff yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought of and then they
2: just keep soldiering on too yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean and you don't see any post-traumatic stress you know you that's not within the purview of the movie but i mean the way sean astin plays those scenes like i don't find that over the top or cheesy or cringeworthy or any of that kind of stuff
1: And and Lou Gossett jr too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the
2: relationship between the two of them is an interesting exploration of that. I mean, there's a
0: lot of stuff happening there. Yeah. He's just awesome. Like this, this is like an awesome role for him. Well, I, and I mean, for me personally, like I met him as Lieutenant or uh, Colonel Sinclair in iron Eagle, you know? So I'm like, like, as a as an adult authority figure that deserves your respect and all that whole thing, like he he plays that to a T, I think,
1: you know. And Marcus Brody, who thankfully could find his way through his own school.
0: Yeah, Marcus You're Brody was right. good. <laughs> they were in a way, they were like the only real like responsible adults demonstrated in the movie. Like the parent yeah. meeting, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> what are you doing? I think you, you know, why don't you go in there and just shoot these guys? Are you kidding me? Why yeah. are yelling? And then it's kind of like, yeah. Okay. You know, I mean the way that the, the, the law enforcement guys are shown. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I really found that Lewis Gossett Jr. and Sean Aston had had strong perform and, and Marcus Brody had strong performances in
1: it. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, it is time For three questions
0: He asks each traveler Five questions, three questions Three questions It's
1: impossible to answer
0: Impossible because you don't know the answer
1: Nobody could answer that question I want to ask you a bunch of questions And I
0: want to have them answered immediately What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
1: I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Uh, Question number one, did you ever get in trouble for anything at school? Not really. I was Mm -hmm. a weenie
2: Um, trouble at school. I've been thinking about this all day and I'm sure when I was a little kid, I did something. Oh, I got one. I got one. Yeah. I stayed in the, in the media room, past my lunch hour working on something some video nonsense that I thought was more important and completely skipped an English class. I only half didn't realize I was doing it. Like it's one of those things I realized about 10 minutes into the period. I'd already done it. And I was like, well, I'm already here. And, you know, but unfortunately that's probably the worst I ever did. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. I don't have much. we we'll, we'll save the, we'll save the best for last and let you go, John. I don't really have much. I know it was a, uh, it was a time at, uh, scout camp where we were, we were right by a hostess wonder bread outlet store. And mm-hmm. so we took a little hike, uh, out just ov- outside the camp to the hostess wonder bread store. And I mean, it was like, it was an outlet. So for 50 cents, you could get like, you know, 80 Twinkies for mm-hmm. a buck. You could get, I mean, it was just like ungodly amounts of, um, you know, all the hostess wonder bread pastries and treats and all that kind of stuff. And I remember we stocked up on those and brought them back to the, the campsite. And, you know, does that even qualify as doing something bad? We snuck out. The adults weren't quite happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you got trouble (laughs) for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We sorta, we sorta did.
1: Okay. That works. Yeah. Don't have much. Go (laughs) for it, John. Um, So for me, I will Mm -hmm. say as a younger kid, I did. As uh, a Ute, you might say. As a Ute. Yeah, as a Ute. Not really like in the classroom. Now on the playground as a younger kid, yeah, on occasion I I could tend to, you know, fight with some other kids a little bit and things like that. One of my favorite stories, which I still don't know why this happened. um, I actually got in trouble in kindergarten because another kid bit me. (laughs)
2: You were just asking for it that's (laughs) what the
1: that's actually what the principal i vividly remember the principal telling me well you must have done something to get bit wow they did not like you (laughs) no apparently not. wow so um wow uh, brother one one of my other favorite ones um yeah one of my other favorite ones is and i was telling the kids about this earlier tonight uh and i don't know what it was i never i was always straight a well-behaved kid And it was like, I feel like it was like first grade and the teacher said something and it just made me mad. Like I was not, the teacher was calling me out on something and it made me mad. And that was first grade. We were using those big fat. Is that the number one pencils that are the really big fat ones?
2: I think so. It's either that or there's some sort of weird novelty pencil. But yeah, I I think I know what you're.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what you're getting at. Along those lines. Along those lines. Not the number two pencils. Not like the standard pencils, but like the big fat ones. Apparently, I got so mad I stared the teacher down and snapped the pencil in half. (laughs)
0: There it is.
1: And 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 uh, little Johnny not be good because little Johnny got in trouble. Mm -hmm. So interesting.
0: Uh
1: Yeah. You rebel you. And thinking back, I'm like, those pencils were kind of thick. I'm kind of (laughs) surprised as a first grader, I could snap it. And did you get, you had rage. There was rage fueling it. Yeah. It was that first grade rage.
0: And did you get in trouble or did the teacher just go, dude,
1: really? (laughs) And kind
0: of laugh at you. I suppose that's a junior high teacher response is just to laugh at you in elementary. They can't do that. I think
1: first grade, I think I got in trouble. Okay. Yeah. I think I ended up down at the principal's office,
0: but. Uh,
1: wow. Oh, well.
0: We used to play, you know what? We used to play tackle football and tackle keep away, uh, you know, at recess and got in a lot of trouble. They kicked us off the football field
1: because mm-hmm.
0: we kept tackling and all this. And so we'd play it on the pavement and we do like tackle football on the parking lot and we get scratched up and, you know, we had some times at recess we were, you know, not allowed to do that. Got yeah. Yell at. Yeah. Minor stuff, minor stuff for us. Yeah. Isn't there, John, isn't there, I mean, you can edit this, but isn't there something about a window?
1: <laughs> I didn't get in trouble for that, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. He got away with it. I did. Okay. It was, it was. Okay. All right. Well, the year was like 1996. Yeah. And at that point in time, not anymore, but at that point in time, it was actually hard to find, uh, a Superman t-shirt. I mean, yeah. nowadays, not so much, but um, it was kind of hard to find. I had actually found a Superman t-shirt and that was my first day wearing it to school, big Superman fan. And uh, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a nice warm day outside. So the sub that we had for our French class, we had these big huge windows at the building uh, where we were uh, for our freshman building for high school. And it was the last period of the day. Windows were open because it was nice and warm outside. And I decided to test out the Superman shirt and see if it uh, added the ability to fly. Mm. And so I decided (laughs) it was like right as the bell was about to ring. uh, I think the teacher might have turned around or whatever. And uh, I dove out the window. It's outstanding. Now, didn't realize that the window was like 15 feet off the ground. So it was a little bit further than I expected it to be. But then the funniest thing was. At the moment, like I dove out the window, but then I realized, oh, I got to go back in and get my stuff from my locker. So then I had to go back in the building. And the moment I walked in the building, people I didn't <laughs> even know were like, hey, heard what you did. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's you, outstanding. You mean what I did 10 seconds ago? So, yeah, that's, uh, that got around quick. News travels fast?
0: I just have yeah. that feeling like in Braveheart you know what the, the legend grows, uh-huh. you know, and it shows him like running over the, the highlands or running over the, whatever the moors or whatever, and they're playing It's that real, like upbeat kind of uh Scottish real kind. That's kind of how oh, yeah. I envisioned you fly, you know, flying out the window and then coming back into the school is like the legend grows as people are coming up to you and everything.
1: I, I flew out the window and I killed 50 men and <laughs> at least, uh, and, and if, if it was one and, uh, and I had bolts of lightning just <laughs> flying out all over the place too.
0: <laughs> and yes. thunder from your, yeah, and I was, and
1: I was eight feet tall and thunder from down under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and my lovely uh, wife just texted and, and wanted to remind me that uh, it was also in the Chicago Tribune many, that's, that's many right. years later. I remember hearing it. Yeah. now. It was uh, it was featured. My name was not mentioned, but we read the article because uh, they were I think they were renovating the building at the time and they were commenting on the very large windows. And uh, the uh, the French teacher was quoted as saying, I think we even had a student jump out of it one time. I want like, a copy of that autographed, John. That's I, you know what? I have a copy somewhere. I will I will make a copy of my copy and I will autograph it for you. Oh, I I want that. I will. I'll do it. I'll turn it into
0: a T-shirt for you. I want that, too. There you go. I want all of those things at, we should put that up in our store.
1: There we go. I'll do, do We have that. a store. Uh, we'll figure one out at some point. Yeah. We'll have a store. I have the Borg mm-hmm. Ikea shirt somewhere. And yeah. 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 Um, if we do, I want to start selling, uh, I want to start finding a way to sell like, uh, meatball subs and you can only buy them in packs of two.
0: <laughs> hey <Utah. laughs>
1: Give me two, give me two. Uh, I,
0: uh, <laughs> I am upping my t-shirt game. Let me tell you this summer. Uh, I am up a tree tight. Yeah. That's t- I, uh,
1: my, my t-shirt game needs to be, uh, I think I need to, uh, I think I need to Darwin my t-shirts and do some natural selection. Okay. Mm. I've got some that have been around for a long time and I'm like, uh, nah, it might be time to let some of these go and maybe mm-hmm. do some new ones. Okay. So I do like your, uh, I do like your wrath of con one. So. This one was a nice one. That's nice. I don't have, I used to have one long time ago and I may have just gotten too old. It was, um, uh, what was it? It was a picture of Chuck Norris holding a cowbell and it Mm -hmm. says, Chuck Norris says, I need more cowbell. That's awesome.
0: All those Chuck Norris shirts are great.
1: Oh yeah. All right. Um, So that was question one. Question number two, what is your favorite bomb diffusing scene in film or TV?
2: So many
1: huh? Mm-hmm. So,
2: so many that i was thinking of mm-hmm. um I, I i thought of macgyver with the hockey tickets i thought of i'm, I'm, I'm gonna consult my list here but i don't want to like ruin anybody else's so <clears throat> my favorite though i'm gonna say lethal weapon three Okay. When they're arguing at the car at the beginning of the movie, ish, absolutely hysterical. And it—the reason it's my favorite is it's all about that whole buddy cop lethal weapon thing. It's just so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there you go. That's my favorite. Lethal Weapon Three. You're taking Lethal Weapon Three. Good call. Um, Hmm. I, boy, I don't know. Because Lethal Weapon 3 was kind of the one that I was kind of heading down the path to. John, you know what? Why don't you, uh, if you've got 1 or 10 or 18, why don't you go ahead? And then I'm going to, uh, I'll, I will um, I propose uh, a truce to confer.
1: Um, I do have 1 or 10 or 18, uh, okay. but I, I am going to narrow it down to 2. So, right. one of these has been, has been my favorite since I was a kid. It's one of my favorite. Let's say even like last half hour of a movie. Um, but the whole movie, love the whole movie. Um, I'm Mm going to go with the warhead diffusing scene in the spy who loved me. Very nice. Ah, yes. That whole end of that movie where you get like all the American troops come in and they're, they're, you know, uh, infiltrating the base that has the submarines, and just that whole gunfight with uh was it stromberg the the one with stromberg was that the villain yeah um and uh, just that whole thing and and i hope i'm remembering this right is that that's the one where they're trying to um diffuse the warhead and they've got to pull the cylinder out of the warhead without touching the sides it's kind of like an operation kind of deal Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like just he's pulling out real carefully and just that whole tension of like that I remember as a kid, like holding my breath during that scene, and so that that would be my number one. Um, I'm going to give this one, and actually, I, I pulled up some audio uh, because I feel like this one deserves an honorable mention just because of how much fun it is. And normally, you don't put that together with bomb defusing, um, mm-hmm. but this has to be my honorable mention because it's a lot of fun. I'm assuming we know which one this is. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yeah. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.
0: <laughs> as soon as as soon as the first chords came I, in, I'm like, that's Batman. I figured. <laughs>
1: yeah. Some <laughs> days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yes. All right, Pat, did you have time to confer with yourself? Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, I, I cheated Career and I opportunities, to... Pat. Yeah. Um, I cheated and looked up a list and there was a bunch, you know what, the one that I, um, the one that I'd forgotten about that I think is, is the, uh, the abyss when um Ooh, solid when, yeah, and i I really like that movie, and I remember we did that well, it was a couple of years ago, man, that just seemed like yesterday we mm-hmm. did the abyss, and I remember really, really loving that movie on the rewatch and just being <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just going to say blown away, uh blown away with the movie on the on the rewatch, but yeah, I would say, um um that one was that one was uh pretty awesome scene and just the emotional buildup to it. And, you know, yeah, I, I thought that was great. And then he's down there and then they're well, I, I gotta be careful spoilers for the abyss, but the, you know, the drama of him, you know, using that special suit to get down there and then, you know, it's a one way trip. And I mean, it's got all those, you know, it's kind of the emotional climax of the movie where we're not going to make it. They are going to make it. This person's not going to make it. This person that does make it, you know, they fight their way through. And
2: I, and they I did a really good job of making you think he really wasn't going to come back. Like, Oh mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. It was the, So good. Yeah. The stakes were very high in that scene. You felt the stakes were very high in that scene. Um, so yeah, I I'm going to stick with that one. I'm looking at this list. There's other, <clears throat> there's other uh cool things listed here, but
1: i think uh yeah, well, there's some great ones you've got like um you've got you got well speed mm-hmm uh you've got what else um i mean i feel like there's there's a lot of really good um what are some of the ones i was thinking of like i was i kind of saw a list earlier too and i was like oh yeah there's that one there's that one um and yeah i think the abyss was on your list was on that list too Mm -hmm. um oh the rock the
2: rock yeah fight club yeah die hard with a vengeance um there's a couple in that one that are really good. Yep. Um, yes. I personally like the one. It's not technically a bomb disfusion so much, but I like the one where they had to pour the water to mm-hmm. get the weights right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, try, there was one more that I was thinking of. And of course now I can't. Remember
0: when? Well, while you're going through that, I'm just going to throw something out to the rock. Yeah. The rock I was talking about with my brother the other day. The rock, I think, is its 25th anniversary.
1: Wow! Year. Is it really? And
0: and I'm just going to say, you know, we we can discuss it after we cast pod. But just for our listeners, uh, if you want to go down a fun rabbit hole, check out "Is the Rock a Bond Movie?" Mm-hmm. And my gut, I was talking with my brother. Mm-hmm. and My gut reaction was like no, come on. You know, uh, he, he, he came back. He's like, well, I didn't think so either. Then I read this fan fiction thing and he says, I'm convinced. And I was like, I kept starting to throw some argument points out there and he was like hitting them all. And then he sent me this YouTube link anyways, to our, to our viewers out there, if you want to go down a fun little rabbit hole, um, there's a there's a YouTube video that a guy put together out there and it's like, oh, my gosh, like this is wow. This guy really a did a lot of research and b, the movie makers really did a pretty fantastic job, too. So anyways, I don't mean to digress too much, but you brought up The Rock and uh, is The Rock a Bond movie?
2: I'm going to check that out because it right. sounds like a fun.
0: Uh... Oh, it's it's a fun it's it's fun. Yeah.
1: It's fun. All right. Well, then question number 3. This is uh lately we've been kind of adding in just like a totally random question that has nothing to do with the movie we've been watching or talking about. Um so question number 3. What is the scariest dream you've ever had? I know I know this one right away. So if you if you gentlemen need a moment, I'm... I I <laughs> have and, and God,
2: God helped me. I grew out of this dream, whatever my deal was back then. I'm in a, a swimming pool or, or no, cause it can't be classified as a swimming pool. Cause it, the water was for lack of a better term, endless. Um, but it was clear, perfectly blue water. Like a swimming pool, Mm -hmm. right? So, God, (laughs) I'm in this pool and I can see the edge, one edge, but I can't see the other three edges. Like it's an ocean or a lake, but the water is clear, like chlorinated, clear blue water. And then there are sharks swimming at me, Mm. but they're not like great white sharks. They're all sorts of weird colors, like fruit snack sharks, but they are coming (laughs) for me. Well, that might be even more terrifying. And I am scrambling to try to get to the edge and I, I don't feel like I'm ever getting any closer and I would get right. I would finally get to the edge and the sharks were right behind me and I would reach up and that's when I would wake up. Oh, I had it so often when I was a kid. <laughs> it uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was, it was bad. No. Wow. I've, I've had, I mean, I've had scary dreams and night terrors and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, a lot of times I wake up and I like start freaking out, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. like, you know, Tammy has to throw things at my head or whatever and all that kind of stuff. It's funny because I have a number of recurring dreams that'll come up like every Sometimes it's once a month. Sometimes it's once every couple of months. Sometimes it's once i it's like, Oh, I haven't had that dream for like a couple of years. And I know I've really got to like wake up and write my dreams down and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I got all sorts of weird ones and it's not necessarily scary, but there's sometimes I'm like in this house that's kind of like, a, you know, like there's obstacles and I got to get from one end of the house to the other, you know, like, and it's like, I'm, it's always the same. And I wake up, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm back in that house again. Or, Oh, wow. I'm in this situation. And I've had a couple of them. The one that I think was the craziest, like reoccurring one was, um, you guys remember uh, maximum overdrive? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It was maximum overdrive. And like, I kept getting, okay. Spoiler alert for maximum overdrive.
1: Three, Spoiler alert for Pat's nightmare. Uh,
0: okay. And like, I kept getting run over by that truck with the face on the front mm-hmm. and it was just like, it was like waiting for me and it would, and it happened like every week I'd have this nightmare and it was, Oh my God, it was just scary. and I, it would be like, I'd be running and this truck would run me down and it would always end up and I'd get it several times at night. And it was one of those, as I was falling asleep, I was falling back into the dream. And then finally I had it every night for a week. Right. And by the last night I was really angry. I was like, God bless it all. I can't even get a good night's sleep. And I don't even sleep that much to begin with. So, I mean, and that night I remember it was like a dream, but I could sort of control what I was doing in the dream, or at least I was dreaming I could control what I was doing in the dream. And so there was some chasing and there was all that kind of stuff. But then I like picked up the truck and threw it. And then I never had the dream again. Hmm. but every once in a while I'll get recurring dreams and it's either it's sort of like a choose your own adventure book like I I feel like I'm making a decision in the dream either that or it's like a choose your own adventure book but I'm like already guided through the answer I don't know how to explain that more than that but I would say the maximum overdrive dream was the scariest one because that was like recurring and then it got more and more and then it was like I had it every night for a week but by the end of it I kind of got sick of it and you know, then I never had the dream again.
1: How appropriate that Pat's nightmares are car based,
0: right? <laughs> it
2: definitely, uh, proves the way his brain works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Quote no. unquote works. That's well, Pat's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's figured out a way to get out of that dream. You know, he's, he, when he feels like he's being incepted, his one way mm-hmm. of getting out of that dream is you ever worked on a German car?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. So Pat, the other the other movie you need to see at some point, then if you haven't seen it before, is uh, Steven Spielberg's first movie. Have you ever seen Duel?
0: Oh, love Duel. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I have. No. Oh, Oh. it's good. I have
2: to look that up. Yeah. Oh, you should watch it tonight. (laughs) Well, I'm not watching much tonight, brother. (laughs) Man,
0: I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go watch
1: Duel tonight. This is Pat's uh, this is Pat's solution to everything. You got to do that tonight. You, do it right away. <laughs> you gotta do that right now do it now oh um, wow. I was gonna look and see you- if it's streaming anywhere uh doesn't look like it it's from is- it's from 1971 oh it is so okay. good oh it is so good yeah it's a good one
0: mm-hmm
1: and actually I think I want to say it was a TV movie okay yeah I don't actually think it was a theatrical movie but it was uh Steven I think it was Steven Spielberg's first movie it was Dennis Weaver in that uh who was in that yes it was mm-hmm. okay yeah
0: yeah i just i I remember my dad talking about that movie you know what i'm saying like oh yeah patrick and he was he told me all about it but it wasn't a spoiler thing because it hyped it up so much like i was i was getting fired up just having him tell me the story and i'd be like well did they show that and he'd be like no all you see is this 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 well did it well they kind of do this 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 and then finally i saw it and i'm like oh my gosh this is better than i expected
1: mm. yeah like that's oh man here's a quick quick entry from wikipedia i guess it did get a theatrical release Mm. uh originally aired so this is from wikipedia originally aired as a television film as part of the abc movie of the week series on november 13th 1971 duel later received an international theatrical release in an extended version featuring scenes shot after the film's original broadcast the film was critically acclaimed upon release for spielberg's direction and it has since been recognized as an influential cult classic nice yeah no it's it's that's a good one that's a good one Um, Pat, I'm kind of along the same lines as you. I have, I have these, and, and thankfully I haven't had too many nightmares lately. Um, as a kid, I'd have them all the time. And I don't know if I just, my imagination was so vivid that, um, it just, I would, I would be terrified. You know, I'd wake up and I'd you know, and sometimes I'd have these dreams where you'd have the dream. It was terrifying. You'd wake up thinking that you were awake. And then all of a sudden you realize you're still in the dream and you know, mm-hmm. have, have something like that. Um, and it's, it's funny that, uh, that I saw this question and, and, and added this one to our list because I just got done sharing what my scariest dream was with my son just the other day when we were driving home from something a little bit later at night. Um, because where we were driving actually reminded me of my dream. And um, I I do have to play a little bit of music to give you gentlemen, an idea as to where my dream originated from. I know exactly where this dream Uh comes from. And, Uh uh, and, and this is the, this is the root cause of my scariest dream that I actually have at least once a year. Like I still, even from like age 10 until now, I have this dream about once a year. But this is the root cause of my nightmare. Stupid stupid unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stupid, yeah. stupid Unsolved Mysteries. Um, so the the scariest dream that I have ever had and I continue to have to this day, uh, actually had it, I think, a couple months ago. Um, and basically, and it, it's got to be from an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I have a dream where I am, even when I was a kid, I'm driving down a kind of an, a very dark road out in the country somewhere, maybe like in the hills somewhere, there's a lot of trees on either side of me. So like, there's nowhere else I can go. I can't turn off the road. I can't go anywhere else. And I'm driving along. It is pitch black. There are other than my headlights, there are no other lights around. Um, it's, it's really dark and late at night. And all of a sudden as I'm, I'm even getting goosebumps while I'm telling you this, um, all of a sudden I, I start to feel the, well, the car, all the electricity in the car kind of flickers and dies. And so the car kind of quickly comes to a a rolling stop and, and in the dream, I start to get goosebumps. Like I can feel goosebumps all over. And the next thing I know, I can't move. Like I'm completely immobilized. I can't move. And there's a light coming down from the sky and I know that it's aliens and they're coming to abduct me. And sometimes in the dream, and I can't see anything other than this light coming down from the sky, I can't see anything around me. And so all I can feel are like these dark shadows of these aliens moving around my car and they're coming in to get me. Uh And, and usually I wake up before they open up the car and pull me out of it. Sometimes not so much, but most times just as they're starting to open up the car and pull me out, that's when I wake up. But I have had this dream and it, it terrifies me every time, even as an adult, I have had this dream probably once a year since I was about like 11 years old. And I completely blame Unsolved Mysteries because I know for a fact there was an alien abduction episode that they did that probably told that exact story. Uh. So that's mine. Uh, there was another dream I had when I was a kid that all of my toys came to life and uh, He-Man and G.I. Joe and Optimus Prime held me down while birds started pecking out my insides. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. I there remember. You th- go. I remember that one when I was a kid, too. That was a little bit more gruesome. Not quite so scary, but, you know, it wasn't fun as a kid. Wow.
2: No, I wouldn't think.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> so anyway, my but, my buddy uh my buddy Kevin, good friend of mine, he had a dream, I wish I had this dream, but Motley Crew came to our school. We got to yeah. hang out with Motley Crew for a day. Right on. But then halfway through it just turned into a dream about Tailspin. So oh. that kind of changed it up. But Tailspin's pretty cool too. Tailspin the cartoon? Tailspin the cartoon. Oh, Tailspin. Nice. Yeah. Tails. You
1: know, huh, okay
0: i would take that one instead yeah i was just gonna say now we're going into good dreams not bad right. dreams so that's right. you know kind of went tangential on that one yeah
1: all right well maybe we can maybe now that we've maybe it's 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 cathartic for us we've shared what our scary dreams are we're not going to have any tonight so now we can just kind of go off and we've we've gotten rid of them we've spoken them out loud and now they're gone that's probably not I hadn't happen. thought
2: about that one in
1: a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Now but you guys, but now as you guys soon as I re- nightmares tonight, and you're going to blame me for it.
2: Right. But as soon as I read that question, I was like, oh, I know.
1: <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I saw that question. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll include that one. And I was like, which one is my, oh, I know. <laughs> I know exactly which one it is. Mm-hmm. Stupid unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Uh, complete tangent. And before we go. I did not realize the, uh, I guess Netflix is doing new seasons of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yes, yes. My
2: wife's been watching them.
1: Okay. Well, your, your wife might find this interesting. One of the episodes, I guess, episode six of season one, uh, there is a murder that takes place in Cassville, Missouri. Yep. That's where all of my family is from.
2: Oh, Whoa. no joke.
1: Yeah. I will
2: have to tell her that. I,
1: I believe she has seen all of season one. Okay. So. It is, it's this little town, like, well, at the time we lived there, it was less than 2,000 people, but uh, little town in Southwest Missouri. And that is where my entire family is from. My mom and dad, that's where they met in high school. Um, my grandparents all lived there. All of my grandparents lived in that town at one point in time. Uh, when they all retired, they went back to that town. One set of grandparents never left that town. So uh, growing up, I have been there many times a year for my entire life and so I heard that the that my sister was telling me about it she's like yeah did you know one of the episodes takes place in Cassville I'm like oh, wait what mm-hmm. are you kidding me so yeah we pulled it up the other day and I started watching it and I was like okay this, That's is, just, crazy. this is just weird yeah yeah. So. alright well on that positive note here I'm just gonna I'm gonna play this for myself my middle name is Wesley so I feel like I can play this well, that's not the right one.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Soundboard, you failed me. Yeah. You have failed this city. There we go. Instead of shut up, Wesley. I just called. <laughs> <Yeah. to> say. <laughs> say, say. I'm just, I'm looking for, after we've shared our nightmares, I'm looking for some positive stuff here. So, right. Um, there we go. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, shut Wesley. Up. There we go. <laughs> nice. Now I'm gonna go soothe myself to sleep by singing I Just Called to Say I Love You. That's good stuff, man. It's, gonna, it's not the only way I'm getting to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, as always, I enjoy talking movies with you guys so much. Yeah, yeah. right back at you. Right so, back at both you guys. It's such a fun time. It's always so much fun with you all. Um in the meantime, there are all kinds of other ways that you can find our show. Uh this was episode number 360, so you could uh, you could spin around um, one degree every time you listen to one of our episodes and you would have made a complete circle uh, if you got to this episode. So congratulations. <laughs> um The uh, other ways you can find our show, 30podcast.com is our website, at 30podcast, on most of the social medias. Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers Retro Podcast Network by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episode's coming up in the month of July. We've got King Ralph, The Commitments, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Hook, Bangarang. Uh, our Patreon episode, really looking forward to that one. we I think we're recording that one next week. Is the uh, Thrawn trilogy of books from 19, starting in 1991, the heir to the empire um, trilogy by Timothy Zahn. That's going to be a really fun one. And then in August we've got our Patreon episode is going to be Stripes from 1981. Then we got Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and Suburban Commando. Then when we get on into September, our Patreon is My Dinner with Andre from 1981. Uh, Then we've got Jungle Fever, White Fang, Dead Again, Frankie and Johnny, and Beauty and the Beast. So we've got lots of good stuff coming up over the next two or three months or so um if you want to i've got another podcast i do with the gentleman over at the Shirley uh, Shirley you can't be serious podcast uh we do a podcast called podcast full of kryptonite um covering superman and specifically right now the superman and lois tv show from cw so we have a lot of fun over there go check us out uh on twitter we're at superman pfk so gentlemen as always thank you so much Thank, Thank you, John. you, John. Great time. All right. As Every, always. Everybody have, have good dreams, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, don't, don't listen to any of what we just said. Have good dreams. Be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies.
2: We got to put a disclaimer on this one. Do not watch before bedtime.
1: Yes. Do not That's listen right. before bedtime. Or if you want to listen during bedtime, you might learn Esperanto. <laughs> that's not true at all we're not that's not (laughs) that's false advertising yes